Welcome to the Hope United Podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms, all the mother figures, all the spiritual moms, all the soon-to-be moms. We celebrate you today, and we love you. Um, today, I want to talk about love, and I want to talk specifically about the love of God. And if you were here uh, last week, you know we're talking about this concept of all you need is love. Somebody say it with me. All you need is love. Because God's love is so big, it's so all-encompassing, that every good thing comes from this place of divine love. When we look to God and we understand that every good thing comes from heaven above, coming down from the Father, and God the Father is love, so every good thing in our life and everything that we have need of comes from a place of love. So we want to talk about that today. And I want to talk about how God's love will motivate you. I don't know if you've ever felt the motivation of God behind His love, but God's love brings us to action. So the topic for today is God's love motivates us to love others. And it's true. God's love will motivate us to love others. I want to start in a familiar passage, John 3.16, if you'll go there with me. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. So God's love is this powerful change agent. It's contagious. It spills over. It has a ripple effect. And God's love gave. God's love Gave And God's love is still giving to us. His love is a gift that continues to give. Actually, within the love gift that we receive from God is the desire to give again. Innate within the gift of love that He gives us is a desire. It stirs within a desire for us to give. So it's a gift that keeps on giving. And God's gift within us of love should create an atmosphere like Christmas, right? We're giving, we're receiving, and we're giving more love because that's what God's love does. God's love should develop within us a culture of giving. Now that we've received His love, now that we've received His salvation, now the, the next thing that we would want to do is to pour out His love and pour out His salvation on others around us. Now we want to give that. And, and the truth is, all you need is love. Season after season, we find this gift that continues to give. Time after time, year after year, we realize His mercies are new every morning. His love is this fresh expression that gives us life. And so we realize His love is the greatest gift. It's a gift that transforms. It's a gift that inspires. And His love is a gift that changes the world. And God's love is contagious. I don't, I don't think that being affected by God's love is the proper word because it's not strong enough. It's almost like being infected. His love is infectious, right? 
once you really catch it, once you really grab hold of it, it spreads. You know, if you've really got the love of God on you, it's difficult to, to contain that thing. If not impossible, his love spreads. Once it gets on it, there's miraculous reactions. Once his love gets on you, you'll never be the same. It, God's love, if it has infected you, then everybody around you is going to be touched by that same love. They might not come to Christ, but they will have, uh, uh, they will experience what it is to taste that divine love. That's what it means to have his love on. It's contagious. God's love is contagious in the best way possible. So when we really, really receive his love, it's impossible not to spread it. If you really got God's love on you, it's impossible for it not to get on those around you. And that's exactly what the world needs, is for God's love to spread. His love is the answer for the world today, just like it was 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross. His love is the answer to the problems, to the social ills, to the, to the issues that we have today. What's the answer? God's love. And so it's completely natural for us when we get God's love and we're full of God's love that it, become, it begins to spread. We begin to spread the good news of his love with others. So if you can contain the expression of God in your life, I challenge you to get more love. And I think that's the problem sometimes. We try to contain it or we... If you can contain it, that means that you need to go back and make sure that you're filled up with love. Because God's love is absolutely contagious. When there's a sufficient amount of God's love at work in you, it is impossible to contain it. You just, you'll be at a business meeting and it'll slip out. You'll be here at the doctor's office and it'll slip out. <laughs> I was talking with a... Uh, a, a, a doctor and we were in a professional medical environment and he he says well God bless you like six times to me and it's it's and he's not the preacher but he's full of God's love when you get full of God's love it just slips out because it's contagious God's love cannot be contained and, and so you find yourself, when you get full of God's love, being compassionate, caring, sharing your faith. When love has reached the necessary amount in your life. The more you get of God's love, it's no longer a struggle to share God's love, to share the good news, to share compassion with others. When you get full of this love, this love brings barriers down. This love brings limitations down. This love brings anxiety down. And the fear and the reasons that causes us not to be compassionate and caring and faith sharing with others stand, that stand powerless in the presence of God's love. His love spills over, right? I imagine like a child with a full glass of water trying to walk from one place to another. I have a toddler, and she loves to get a glass or something that's full of liquid, right? And I imagine when a child has a glass full of water and they're walking, they're, 
they, their hands are shaky and they're spilling everywhere. But that's exactly what we're supposed to be as the children of God, full of something that we can't really contain and we don't really understand the power of. And we're walking around and it spills out onto others all around us. And that's exactly what John 10.10, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. NIV version. So I, I, I conceptualize or I visualize what God is wanting for us is to be His children, the children of God, walking around with a full cup. A full cup of God's love. What would happen if you walked around every day with a full cup of love? Who would get splashed? Who would get spilled on? When you live a life more to the full... When you have a love to the full, it's like that glass that so easily spills and is always overflowing. A lot of times in the morning, I get up, I go into the kitchen, I take a glass. I like to start with a glass of water. So I put a glass of water in the sink. I turn on the faucet and it's going and I'm doing other stuff in the kitchen. And I turn around and oftentimes I waited too long and the glass is overflowing. Right? You've probably been there. Um, And I imagine that's what God wants with us. Every day for us to come to him and allow him to fill us up with a a love that's so overflowing that it gets everywhere. It gets everywhere. God wants to fill us up every day, not with just enough love, but to the point of overflowing. And we need to allow this. We need to invite this into our life. God, fill me up with your love so that I can be the love to people around me that need it. And listen, virtually everybody around you needs it. Everybody needs the love because all you need is love. If you really, really grab a hold of this divine love. We talked about it last week how these divine characteristics come out of love. Patience, kindness. Right? The overlooking of faults. Forgiveness. Doesn't our, doesn't our society, doesn't our nation need forgiveness? The power of forgiveness. The power to mend fences. The power to work together. The power to truly love one another. All you need is love. And so we invite this. We ask, Holy Spirit, fill me up with so much. So that we become like little children walking around. With a glass full of something that's so powerful. And this is the very image of what God wants us to do. It's not supposed to be hard. It's not supposed to be complicated when you get thoroughly full. We had, a couple weeks back ago, we had a baptism. And we put the baptism tank right out here. And um, we had put a plastic But something was wrong with the baptism tank at the bottom where it was leaking water. And so we were bringing towels. We were bringing towels from our house. We are asking other people to bring towels, other leaders. It's leaking. We don't want it to get on the carpet. And so we put these towels around it. But by the time we came in on Sunday, the towels were completely soaking wet. I mean, there was no place on the towel that was dry. And when we, after Sunday, when we picked up the towels... To take them out, and, and, and some of the guys will know, we're running the towels out of the church so that they don't drip everywhere on the carpet. But that's exactly what 
God wants our life to be like. That you're so saturated with his love that everywhere you go, there you leave a trail behind you of his love. They're like, man, somebody came through here. I don't know who it was, but you can see God's love. You can see that something happened. And actually, if you don't know, that's what the word baptism means, to be thoroughly saturated. So when you get baptized with God and you get baptized with his love, guess what? There will be so much of God's love on you that you cannot help to be a mess. It's messy. When you enter the world and they want you to don't touch, don't say anything about Jesus. This is not appropriate right now. I can't help but to talk about the goodness of God. I can't help but talk about the love of God that was demonstrated through Jesus and what it means in my life and what it means to our world and what it means to our community. God's love to be thoroughly full, to be thoroughly saturated. God wants this for us. And love, it has a ripple effect. You know, it's like when we throw a rock into a lake and we see from every direction from the rock comes these ripples every direction not just one direction every direction from the rock there's these ripple effects and so we realize that wherever God's love touches there's a ripple effect in our culture there's a ripple effect in our the people around us when God's love through you and me touches I was in my early 20s in college, and I was just doing what I thought was normal, which was to be full of the love and just going about my daily life, just showing the love of God, right? And one of my classmates remarked to one of her friends that was a single mom that didn't even go to our church. They said, I know you're looking for a church. This guy... He, you know, his dad is a pastor, and you can just see he's full of love. Their church must be pretty good because you can see it in his life. And so the single mom brings her two kids, comes to church. Ripple effect. The single mom brings her niece. Then later the niece gets saved. And then later the niece begins to touch people with God's love in the community. Herself, she becomes powerful and influential. And she's so full of God's love that all these other people are being touched. Ripple effect. I wasn't trying to evangelize. I was just full of God's love. Listen, it's not about the vessel. It's not about you or me being special. It's about what is inside of us that's special. Listen. I'm nobody special. You can do exactly what I did. You can do exactly what the niece did. You can get full of God. You see, it's not me that's special. It's Jesus inside of me that's special. Jesus inside of us, the hope. He is the hope. He is the love of God on display. He is the demonstrated love of God. And when you get full of this, there is a ripple effect On everybody, people you know, people you don't know. The statistic is that the average person touches 10,000 people in their life. The average person. What do you want the ripple effect of your life to look like? Do you want it to look average? Do you want it to look 
like selfishness? Do you want it to look like everybody else? Or do you want it to look like the perfect, divine, powerful, potent love of God that changes and transforms the heart of man? God's love has a ripple effect. God's love is, is like that concentrated Clorox. You don't need a lot of it. It is explosively powerful. A little bit of God's love. Man, it can move mountains. A little bit of God's love, has it ripples through our culture. And it will ripple through your family. And it will ripple through your workplace. If you allow the love of God to get on you and to fill you and to thoroughly saturate you. I want to tell you without a doubt All you need is love. All you need is love. And I was telling one of our leaders, I said, man, God has really just been working this thing in my heart for a few years now. Just this concept that all we need is love. Like everything comes out of this place of divine love. If we really, really understand love, we understand the power of the cross. We understand God's posture towards us. We understand God's expectation towards us. He said, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind, and all your spirit. And also, love your neighbor as yourself. All you need is love. Perfect love casts out all fear. All you need is love. God's love is put into action. It has a ripple effect on our culture. And it's not so much about being special. It's about being available. It's not about being special, although God is making you special. He's making you a new creation in him. But you, it's not about you. It's about what's inside of you. That makes you valuable. That makes you transform others' lives. When we fill ourselves up with his love, there's a ripple effect on the world around us. And Jesus tells us this story in Luke 10 about the good Samaritan. Right? And you've probably heard the story of the good Samaritan. But who is this Samaritan? Church talks about it. The world talks about it. Who is the good Samaritan? Um, Because Jesus wants us to be like the good Samaritan, right? Because he told the parable about the good Samaritan. So the lesson, the, the, the takeaway is, hey, be like this guy. Who is the good Samaritan? The good Samaritan is an unlikely hero. He doesn't have any special theological training. He's not a preacher, although his life is saying something. He doesn't have an agenda. He doesn't have a motive. The good Samaritan is someone that takes the time to love his neighbor. Get this. The good Samaritan, the one Jesus wants us to be like, is the one that takes the time to love his neighbor. Not the person that's seemingly in the best position Not the person that's seemingly the most spiritual. Get this, because it's going to let a lot of condemnation fall off of you right now. It's the person that takes the time to love. That's the hero of the story. 
That's who Jesus is. He's an unlikely person from a different people group that is an outsider. But yet, he takes the time to show the love of God. God's love is most potent when expressed. I hope you get this because Jesus demonstrates. There's three different people, right, that come before um, the Good Samaritan, and it seems like these three have an understanding of God, and it seems like they have an understanding of God's love, right, if they understand God, but yet we see here that God's love is most potent when expressed. And, and the Samaritan shows the love of God through care, concern, financial aid, sympathy, friendship, compassion. And Jesus told this story as a way for us to see God's love in action. Because it's not enough just to say that you have love. It must be demonstrated. God's love must be demonstrated. If you got it, show it. If you don't show it, you might not have it. That's heavy, right? If you don't show the love of God, you might not have it. If you got it, show it. Good Samaritan principle. The love must take action. This is the takeaway from the Good Samaritan story. You can't say that you have love and do nothing. Right? You can't say that you have love and it doesn't get feet. It doesn't grow feet. It doesn't move somewhere. It doesn't act. The Good Samaritan, which we are commanded to be like, does not require any special background or training. It just requires a heart touched by God's love. Some people are working, waiting for their prayer to be perfect or to get some special title or to get some special prayer on them. No. All you need is a heart that's touched by God's love. Those other things are great. If you can get a prayer, that's awesome. Not, nothing against prayer. But the greatest thing that Jesus is trying to communicate about his love is it has to be expressed. It's like that's when it really comes to life. His love brings us to action. So what does his love make you want to do today? What does his love make you want to do? And this is fundamental about our faith. Get this. His love calls us to action. His love commands us to action. So what does his love require of you today? Now this is something for you to go home and think about. What is his love requiring of you in this season? What is his love requiring of you this week? Ask yourself. We get it wrong in the church so many times and it discredits our witness. When we say we have love and we don't have action to back it. When we say we have love but we just have no action. Showing up is not enough. Technically, the three guys before the Good Samaritan showed up, they just didn't do anything. They were the guys that were in the pew seats. 
They were the guys that did come on Sunday, did come to Bible studies, but they did not have a heart touched by love. A love that drove them to do something, that said, I can't leave this guy here on the side of the road. How many people are on the side of the road today? Emotionally, financially, physically, something's missing, broken, lacking. They're beat up by life. Are we walking by them? Are we taking the time to love? Because the greatest thing is love. All you need is love. James said it like this, James 2.17. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Whoa. Would you think that I would get up here and say that today? He said, this is James, the apostle. Faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. I've been having um, some talks with some of our leadership team and we're doing talking about some innovative things that we're launching this year in the community and we've been talking about so often churches today their faith doesn't produce good deeds in the community and so the community are saying that's dead that's lifeless that's useless is that the problem that we face in our society many churches the world looks at that and says That's useless. That's expendable. That's just a place you go if you feel like going. It's not necessary. They don't have the words to say it, but they're thinking it. Well, that faith is lifeless. It doesn't touch anybody. I can't see anything happening outside of the four walls of the church, so maybe there's nothing going on. James said it, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Faith without works, it's dead. Love without works is dead. How can we say we have love and we pass someone by? James said two verses earlier, he said, suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing. Talking about something very natural, right? This is a problem that would happen either in the community here of faith or the community outside the doors of the church. Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye and have a good day. God bless you, brother. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. How can you say you have faith and send someone away hungry? Whether that's naturally or spiritually, take it either way you want it. How can you say you have the love of God and you send someone away hurting? That man on the side of the street, that woman on the side of the street, beat up by life, heart full of pain, 
Maybe they're showing it. Maybe they're not showing it. How can you pass them up? Say you have the love of God inside of you. The hero of the story that Jesus told was a person that took time to put love in action. A love that moves you. A love that moves others. This is the type of love that God desires. Apostle James said, faith without works, that's useless. That's dead. That's dead faith. That's a dead love. That's not active. Real love motivates real action. The love of Jesus motivated him to go to the cross. The love of Jesus motivated him to lay down his life. The love of the apostles motivated them to put their life on the line time after time after time until every one of them except for one were martyred. Love demanded action. So what is God's love requiring of you today? What is God's love asking you? What is God's love challenging you? Because love will not leave you at the same place that you're at today. It's going to ask something of you. It's going to ask you to move. It's going to ask you to change. It's going to ask you to do something. You bow your heads with me today. We're talking about the love of God and how it requires, even commands action from us. There are people all around you. Maybe you say, well, I don't feel like I have any special training or designation. Or well, maybe you should get equipped. But even if you don't feel fully ready, there are people around you that are lost, that are hurting, that are beat up by life, that need the love God that you have inside of you. That love that changes and transforms and takes you from the place that you're at to the place you could be and God wants you to be. So God, I thank you for each and every person that's here. God, touch us with your love. God, let us be so saturated God, fill our cup to overflow with your love. God, we need it. We need you. Essence, the essence of you is love. God, fill us up with you. God, that the world will know you love them. That the world around us will know that you love them enough to send Jesus, that you love them, you haven't written them off, but you still want to bring them back to you. God, give us a love that sparks compassion, a love that sparks care, concern. God, there's so many opportunities in this world 
Jesus, when you were here, you said the harvest is white. The harvest is ripe. The harvest is ready. What are they waiting for? They're waiting for the sons and daughters of God to be made manifested and to show the character of God, which is love. The world is waiting for you and me and all our brothers and sisters to rise up and to demonstrate the love of God because that's what transforms and disarms and brings hope. And maybe you say, Pastor, I'm not where I need to be with Jesus today. I've drifted away. Um, I need to recommit. Or maybe you're saying, I need to, I've never really committed to Him. I want to do that today. I want to do that. Slip up your hand. I want to pray with you right where you are. Amen. Amen. If that's you, I want to pray. Amen. If you slipped up your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And everybody, you can agree with this prayer. Say, Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for loving me so much. I accept your free gift of love and forgiveness. I'm sorry for the times I missed the mark, for the times I sinned, for the times I did the wrong thing. Jesus, apply your perfect work of forgiveness of the cross to my life. I need it. And Jesus, help me be like you. Help me to follow you. Jesus, be my guide. I don't just want to be saved today. I want you to lead me. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be in charge and help me do this. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I want to encourage you that if you took a step today, God is proud of you. And the best thing that you can ever do is say yes to Jesus. Whether it's the first yes, the second yes, or just the next yes. I want to tell you, if Jesus is with you, you will be undefeated. God bless you. Thanks again for listening. If you like this message, make sure to like and share. For more information or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. And remember, share hope with someone today.